All right, here we go, everybody. Hey, everybody. Thanks very much for hanging out with again. Conversation presents Todd Bit. Round three. Yes, I'm saying it out loud. Round three. She's back again. I, I'm, I haven't upset her. I haven't done anything wrong. I love it. Please, everybody, give it up for the one, the only, Dr. Jennifer Tucker with the National Organic Program. Jenny, welcome, welcome, welcome. Three times a charm, Todd. It's great to see you. Thank you. You're my leading guest. I was just sharing with you. I said, I've got, I've got a second one. I've got a number two coming somewhere else, but you are leading the pack. You're setting the bar so high for everybody. And I love the fact that it's you setting that bar. I, I enjoy it. talking to you, Todd. This is fun. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Well, you know, this is kind of a fun one because we're going to come full circle. We did a pre-NOSB show, and now we're doing a post-NOSB show and download a little bit of what happened, kind of get some perspective from you. I've got a few questions I want to throw at you about the process and some of the things that I listened to in, the, in the, the time that I was able to jump in and out of the Zoom meeting. So with no further ado, let's go do this, because I think people are going to be excited to hear what you've got to say and some of the things that are coming. I and mean, it's an exciting time. It's a great time to be in the organic business. There's no two ways about it. So Meeting number two that was virtual, if my score count, my scorekeeping is correct. Uh, uh, this was one, three? two, three, four. Yeah, four. we started in April 2020. So it's literally oh, yeah, been 20, two it is 2020. years. Yeah, time, yeah. time flies, but this is I, our fourth virtual meeting. Well, I still think it's like, you know, the 487th day of March 2020, the way things are going right now. So I'm, you know, so virtual again this time. How was it? I mean, as far as the attendance goes and the participation factor, because it is a different environment, right? Because you know, being in the room, when you feel the energy of the people and the crowd and the questions and the comments and the board, you know, it's a whole different vibe than it is, you know, you can kind of get virtually, unless, of course, it's you and I talking, then it's a very high level. But nonetheless, I mean, so how was the attendance? So attendance was strong again. I, the benefit of the online version is that more people can attend. And so you literally have farmers who have earbuds and when they're on the tractor listening to the NOSB uh, meeting and uh, during public comments, you literally have people, wait, I'm going to stop driving my tractor and give you yeah. my public comment and then go back to my tractor. And so I think it opens up doors for folks who might otherwise not be able to participate and you really miss that interpersonal, you know, bodies in rooms connecting with each other. There is something very important about that um, in just the human condition. So I do hope that in the future we'll have the best of both worlds where we're able to be in a room together while also broadcasting the main meeting, which we haven't done, but I think we are committed to doing um, when we get back into uh, together, uh, real life together mode. I love that. I think it's important because, you know, in talking about participation, it's something that you and I talked about the very first time we got together. It was something we really, I think, talked about in depth the last time we got together. And I'm going to bring it up this time. Look, this process is only as good as we're willing to participate in the process. And, you know, to hear the positivity that you're laying down that's, you know, hey, it was well attended. We did get people that were on tractors that were lit. That's a huge plus because that, you know, we need those voices in this process to continue down this path of, of creating the very best national organic program we possibly can and protect the interest of all stakeholders across you know, all channels. So I think that is super, super cool to hear. I'm really excited to hear that you guys are looking at both in-person and then recording and being able to have more folks join because in this digital world that we live in, there's no reason not to take advantage of trying to get everybody that we possibly can involved in this process. And I love that. So kudos. Yeah. Go. You have my support. I have cameras. I'll give you one. I got all kinds of crappy light. I'll send them to you. Whatever you need. Let's do this because I think it's super, super important. So 
before I ask you my kind of questions, give us a little bit of your highlights as, as um, you know, that you'd like to share about the meeting. I think one of the highlights then was really mentioned at the end of the meeting, but I'd like to say it here was how collaborative and respectful this board is, um, that we have 14 board members who really had at it on some important topics for which there was a lot of disagreement and conflict, and yet were able to really have an in-depth, respectful, collaborative dialogue with each other where the public could really witness what democracy looks like. You know, and there were some good chats in as we yeah. were uh, meeting from the community saying this is, it's messy, but this is democracy. And to be kind of a model of that public process, um, I think is uh, very, very, very gratifying. And I'm so impressed with this board's ability to hear each other and engage in really respectful, healthy ways. So that really stood out for me. Uh, I love that. Well, you're right. Democracy can be messy. The outcome can be beautiful, but the, the process can be messy. Right. But I think what's important is that we remember is that we've got to be a part of the process to judge whether it's messy or not messy at the end. Right. I'm just going to say I'm going to say it again. Yep, and I think we did get a good mix of public comment. So a lot of different participants in the public comment process. There was a waiting yeah. list for comments. We didn't even we didn't weren't able to get to everybody who wanted to give a comment. And that I think is good news when you have more people who want yeah. to give comments. And um, and so I, I think the meeting went very well with a lot of um, very very respectful and thoughtful work by the board. I love it. So I want to get into. Any other highlights you want to share? I'm going to start throwing you some some other some some other questions. Anything else? Uh, that, that's the real memorable one for me. Good. There's so many different topics we could dive into, but I think it's really the quality of the conversation sure. among the board members. I uh, think is worth highlighting. I agree with that. Um, so I'm going to throw a few questions out, and and um, one of which is I want to just ask to start off with with the federal register. And and the reason I ask that question is is that I imagine if I ask five people what that actually is, I'd probably get one right, two close, one I don't, you know, probably thought it was a newspaper or whatever, but can you just really explain what the Federal Register is? And then I'm going to throw you a question about that. Yeah, so let's talk about the Federal Register. The Federal Register is the tool that the entire government uses to communicate to the public. And so right. the Federal Register, it's like a, a huge newspaper yeah. um, that points to a lot of articles. And so it's almost like uh, it's so there's no real good analogy. The Federal Register, it's online, it's published every single day. And any time the government changes a rule, so does rulemaking, it'll come into play with our conversation here. Anytime mm -hmm. we do a rule or we want to announce a meeting in a way that we want to ensure that the public has an opportunity to participate, it gets published in the Federal Register. Um, right. And so it's a centralized repository of government communication. And it is the tool through which we uh, communicate about meetings and any changes to the rules that people need to know about. Right. So with that, my question, my question leading up to this is that so you you put something out in the Federal Register and it sits there for 60, say it's 60 days, could be 90, could be 60, 30, whatever the amount of days that you want comment period on. If something's sitting on there and let's say, for instance, you know, you put it on on day one, but on day 47, there's new information, there's new data. There's something that wasn't necessarily brought forth prior to it getting you know, published. Um, does that have any impact on final decisions that you guys make? Um, 
you know, whether an item is, whether it's listed, delisted, it's part of the process. I guess, in other words, um, could you have the ability to kind of issue a, a final rule around something that maybe doesn't necessarily follow the original NOSB recommendation? Yeah, that's a really interesting question. So there are three phases that happen here. There's the NOSB recommendation. And so there's right. a whole lot of public comment that happens before the NOSB recommendation. It comes to us as a recommendation when the board passes it. So two thirds majority, um, right. a decisive vote, it comes to us. Then we will do a proposed rule. We talk about the proposed rule in the federal register. So that's the tool by which we announce uh, that there's this proposed rule that's open for public comment. Uh, public comment is usually about 60 days for rules, and usually. Um, now, during that public comment period, anyone in the public can comment. And in fact, there are folks who comment on rules that don't participate in the NOSB process. And while we want everybody to participate in both arenas, um, the public comments received during rulemaking are as important as the ones that are received during the, the, the right. board process. And so if once a public a proposed rule is published, then there are public comments and then we close it, then we review all those comments and decide what the final rule is going to be. Now, what's interesting is how much change there can happen there. So there's a change between an NOSB recommendation and rulemaking and then between a proposed rule and a final rule. So let's take the first one first. What sure happens between an NOSB recommendation and a proposed rule. So I'm going to use um, uh, an example of national list where the board recommends removing items from the national list. So we will okay. do a proposed rule that explains what the board recommended. The board recommended that we remove this item and then includes any analysis we do. And that's where new information may come in, uh, where, well, there's this uh, information, there's that information based on AMS's, our Agriculture Marketing Service, independent analysis. Here's the agency's position on that NOSB recommendation. Then the public has an opportunity to comment on that comment. full set of knowledge. So we can introduce things in rulemaking that might have been slightly different from the NOSB recommendation based not only on new information, but also alignment with the Organic Foods Production Act. Right. Now, between the proposed rule and the final rule, in general, something needs to have been proposed in a, in a proposed rule to go final. So we can't say, well, here was the proposal, and then in a final rule say, well, forget all that, here's this brand new thing, and go implement. Um, so there does need to be a direct line between a proposed rule and a final rule. Now, if public comments come in and say, we don't like that provision of a proposed rule, as long as it was considered and asked during the proposed rule, it can go final. So for example, example, back to our mm -hmm. removals, it could be that a proposed rule re proposes to remove something. And then we get all sorts of comments that say, no, 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 you can't remove right. that. We desperately need it. Then we can change our mind because the question was, should we remove this or not? We got some comments that said, or not. That means we can, in a final rule, do something very different from what the board recommended based right. on that public comment process. So there's really those many steps to get to a final policy decision. Right. Thank you. And, and I appreciate that. Beautiful explanation, and it goes back to our mantra of participation. One more time, that it goes to show you that you've got to be a part of this entire process. You just can't have one. You can't put a toe in the pool, right? We need everybody to jump on in, put some waders on your arm, whatever it takes to get you floating, especially down to the deep end. We need you in the pool. So thank you for that, because I think it's really important that people understand 
that it's just not all of a sudden, you know, it's not like opening up a menu saying we're going to have scrambled eggs today. It is a thought process that involves where are the chickens? How's going to happen? Where's it going to go? You know, all of this is together. Yep. So yeah, and very the, cool. The, the conflict occurs if people comment between a proposed rule and a final rule, but didn't comment at the board, then the board rightly says, well, wait, why didn't you tell us why that before? It might've changed our recommendation. And Correct. so then it causes when we do something different than the board wanted, it causes frustration for everybody. If everybody participated along the whole way, we'd have much better clarity from the very beginning as to the full range of opinions out there which makes well, the process richer. Absolutely. Well, look, everybody in this involved is a stakeholder. And if you're going to be a stakeholder, pound your stake in the ground and hold on to something and let's go. Right. And let's it's multiple stakes. It's Correct. multiple stakes. Correct. So pound yeah. your stake at every stage of the process. Right. Cool. Thank you. And I appreciate that. And I hope that opens, gives people some clarity of the, again, back to participating and why it is so important. Yes. So one of the things that came out of this meeting that I thought was kind of interesting and I wanted to touch on a little bit is that sometimes it seems the recommendations um, might be a little contradictory at some times. And this one came up this time and I, I, I want to talk about it. The NOSB made a recommendation about climate smart ag. They wrote a really nice letter, the whole nine yards and the importance of it and you know, how organics is going to help with climate and, and rightfully so. I'm on board. I get it. I see it. The data supports you know, the positivity of all. But then they voted and overwhelmingly decided that organically sourced ammonia extract would be prohibited, right, um, as a prohibited substance, in spite of the fact that they have the ability to manufacturing, you know, through the manufacturing process to significantly reduce things like methane and nitrous oxide, can't even talk out loud, emissions relative to like what's happening with current manuring and composting practices. So it's kind of this little bit of a yin and yang. So I guess my question to you is, um, does the USDA and the NOP kind of have a responsibility to kind of reconcile these recommendations that maybe are a little bit philosophically conflicted in some ways? Or does each recommendation just kind of stand on its own, you know, on its own merit? Because it, to me, it's, it seems a little bit confusing. And, and I think kind of hard to me would be kind of like, well, what do I do here type scenario? Yeah, that's a it's a wonderful, it's an interesting observation and a really good question. And so I think that has two for two, Jenny. Two for two. That's why you're here a third time. I am two for two today. There we go. Um, and so our primary driver in evaluating any recommendation is alignment with the Organic Foods Production Act. And I think alongside participation, that's another really key theme that I wanna hit here is that uh, recommendations need to be within the purview of the Organics Foods Production Act. And so on something like ammonia extracts, you're talking about a, proposing a prohibited natural, and there aren't a whole lot of prohibited naturals on the national mm -hmm. list. So I think that in itself is a very uh, sort of interesting question. In terms of potential conflicts, I think a lot of the conflicts that happen in organic where it seems contradictory is because people are looking at a different part of the system. You know, if you are only looking at that field and the soil and the plant in that field, and that's the system of interest, that's going to be a different answer than if you're looking at the operation wide. So, um, for right. example, folks who don't like um, soil less production because they say it doesn't use soil. Well, you know, there is the, the maintaining and improving soil and water quality at an operation level, which might be different from a field level. 
level or a pot right. level. And so what system are you looking at? Are you looking at the pot? Are you looking at the field? Are you looking at the operation? Are you looking at the planet? Uh, and so I think the biodegradable mulch is another one where the answer is very different depending on whether are you looking at a field level or are you looking at the problem of plastic in landfills? Um, right. And so the level of consideration drives how you may view that, which means you might love at a system level climate change, but at the field level, you may not be supportive of a, uh, of a material like ammonia extracts. And so those votes may seem contradictory when actually on the two questions, you're looking at a different part of the system. Our job is to take all of the comments at all the different levels and then look at OTFA and what OTFA says right. and determine whether to move forward um, uh, based on that. And ammonia extracts, you know, there will be another um, sort of work on that by the board. The board uh, considered three motions. One of them they sent back to committee. And so we'll likely wait until that third motion is discussed because we only want to move forward once on, on sure. a particular issue. Well, and you have to have all sides of the story, right? You can't, you have, again, you've got to have all the facts in order to make good decisions, yeah. which is super important. Well, thank you for that. And I appreciate the, the clarity because to me, when I was, you know, to me, it was like, huh, okay, wait a second. But I love, <laughs> I love, but I love the way that you, you framed it back up. And, and you're right. We have to look at everything, you know, we're, to your point, is you looking at the planet? Are you looking at just down onto the ground and how does it all fit? Um, because it is, it's a, it's a really valid point that, we've got, you know, the food becomes important in all this as well. And I think sometimes we lose sight of that. And, um, you know, that's what's going to feed this planet, right? And I think it's important to remember that the food is ultimately the, should be the winner in a lot of these conversations. Um, you mentioned um, something about um, adding items to the NOSB um, to work plan, which is, which is cool, outside of kind of what you guys are, you know, focused on. Who determines how and what gets added to the work plan like that? It's a collaborative process. So um, first, the first point of collaboration is with the board itself. So that when the board says we'd really like to work on something, we actively talk about it. Um, there is a group called the executive committee, which is all the chairs of the NOSB subcommittees. Mm -hmm. And we talk about um, a, a work agenda items that they would like to work on. And it's at that phase that if there are concerns, like for example, the item might go outside of offer, there's active litigation on it, or there are sort of boundaries that we we'd want to stay in, that's where we have that conversation. Once right. we get an official request for a work agenda item, um, some of those I approve at the program level. And then some of them, if they're going to require something like rulemaking down the road, that's when it isn't a Jenny decision or even an NOP decision. We, we talk with the administration in terms of what are the regulatory priorities. If the board is working on this, here are the downstream implications of that for rulemaking. Um, do you want to move forward? So um, I, I think people forget these aren't just Jenny decisions. These are USDA system decisions about right. where we want to invest the board's time. These are volunteers. So we're also sensitive about not asking the board to work on something that we know we can't do anything with. So sometimes the board really wants to work on something, but it's outside our jurisdiction we're not going to be able to do rulemaking on it. So I don't want them to spend their time on it. And that's because I want to protect them. No one wants to work on something and then have it not go anywhere. So well, it's a tough yeah. conversation. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. And, and my next question, and you kind of answered, I just wanted to draw it back up a little bit. So 
if something's being actively litigated, that just that's not going anywhere. That's not going on. The work plan. Uh, it is. It is more challenging to work on things in litigation because at that yeah. point it's kind of moved from the collaborative discussion between the board and the program to a, a whole new level. And so this is where we have a, a, a bit of um, sort of outreach we do on NOP, the civics of NOP. So right. what are the civics of NOP? And and there is this a triangle of um, here's Congress and here's the board and here's the program and oh by the way here's the the justice um, uh, right. department and um, the judicial part of our government, which is very, very important. But once somebody, once it is in litigation, you know, we don't want to necessarily be working on emergent policy before a court has had a chance to, to weigh yeah. in on yeah. an active question. Yeah, well, I was curious because I know that, you know, they're, they're obviously the greenhouse container thing is, is a hot topic. It's been around a while. People are talking about it, but there's also the lawsuit that's pending that's in court now. And that's why I was wondering like, okay, well, how do you kind of manage that? Cause that would be to your point. I mean, really valid, really hard to try to probably deal with that in that moment. That's in appeal phase right now. And so yeah. we'll stand by and see, uh, see what, what happens from, uh, from that. And I think the outcome of that would then help inform uh, any possible next steps. I love it. Some of, you know, there's a lot of talk out there about different things that are needing to get worked on, recommendations have been out, you know, this, this process and stuff. And, and some of the recommendations that have been made in years past, um, they've been, you know, they've been around a while. It is what it is. Um, but do you feel like some of the older, you know, NOSB recommendations that, you know, are coming back up, that are being rediscussed and put through, do you think some of those requests need to go back down to the NOSB for work because look, the world's changed, you know, community expectations have changed, um, commercials thing, you know, commercial scale availability of things have changed. It's a different world in some ways than it was a few years back. Do you think that's something that needs to happen that would help reunify the industry to move forward with, you know, current technology and current trends? I think it's a really interesting question. I think there are a couple of um, items where that I'm doing comes good up. today. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and so one area where that has come up is um, you know, if the department were going to pick up, for example, aquaculture again, um, you know, one of a, a few folks have commented of, ooh, aquaculture's really changed uh, since the board made its recommendations on that. Way, yeah. yeah. Would it make sense to have the board do some work on that? Now, the benefit of that is you get the, the, the increased knowledge of what's happened in industry, increased participation. The downside is we all know that that process takes a bunch of time. And yeah. the other thing we have to be aware of is political windows, right? And so we have seen that now in the organic program a few times that if you miss a political window to get something done um, and there is a significant change, it can impact the ability to move forward. So it's a sure. risk to send things back to the NOSB because it adds time. At the same time, there are risks of not sending something back to the NOSB. I think another opportunity where we could consider sending things back to the NOSB is when we get a recommendation that is really clearly outside the boundaries of OTFA, and we've mm -hmm. accepted it as a recommendation, but we actually think there would be benefit in the board going back to the board and saying, we like the ideas here, but this can't be rulemaking. It's too far outside the scope of the act. 
please relook at it within these boundaries. And we've not done that before. I think that that could be an interesting direction uh, on some topics where rulemaking is going to be difficult because it is known that the we were that the board was kind of coloring outside the statutory line, so to speak. Right. Right. Interesting. And I love the perspective. Thank you for that. I think that'll help. I think that frames up a lot of thought that people have when they think and they look at stuff. It's like, okay, what is the why? And your point's valid. I mean, bringing stuff up and having, you know, emerging conversations about things that have changed in the world, not a bad thing, right? I mean, you know, it, it, it's good to evolve. And I'm so I appreciate your, I appreciate that response. Um, what's, give me some surprises. Give me some breaking news. Give me something. Give me something juicy. You dropped, you dropped a couple of juicy bombs last time before the meeting. Well, all right, what do we got? Besides us doing karaoke, which is already a done deal, that's happening. What is, <laughs> what, what's a surprise or some kind of a breaking news that you want to share? What can I get out of you? Uh, you know, I will uh, share uh, that we do now have three rules that are in various stages of USDA review and clearance. And so they're cool. strengthening organic enforcement, final rule, origin of livestock, final rule, and the organic uh, poultry and livestock standards um, proposed rule. Uh, and right. so uh, that reflects a tremendous amount of work by the team over the last uh, few months where all of those are the first step of review is legal review, and all of those rules have, have made it into legal review. And so I think we are going to start seeing some rules popping out in, in the spring, uh, and I, we're excited to share that work with the community. That's awesome. I think it's great. Yeah. I mean, I love the fact, you know, like, at the end of the day, and you talk about this, I talk, it's a process, right? And you have to, you know, you can, you can, you can say whatever you want to say about any kind of process. Going to the doctor is a process, right? You know, it, it doesn't matter. But at the end of the day is that if you participate in the process, you can make a difference. And that's really what this whole thing is about. Yeah. It's about the process from start to finish, which is why I wanted to lean into the Federal Register, because I don't think, again, I don't think a lot of people understood that's yeah. part of the process. It is. And sometimes the process takes time. And so, uh, you know, when we finish rulemaking on this, they, these will address many, many recommendations that have been um, in place for a long, long time. And democracy does take time. And so, uh, but it will be nice to see kind of the fruit of those um, multi-year conversations. I think it's fantastic. So what's next for the NOSB? I mean, I know we have springtime meeting, right? Springtime uh, meeting is scheduled in, in April. Yeah. We'll have new members hopefully announced uh, later th this fall. And so we have uh, four um, uh, vacancies that uh, need to be uh, filled. And so that is in process right now. I'm hoping awesome. we'll make an announcement uh, late this year. So next meeting we are hoping will be in person. It would be here in Crystal City, Virginia, which is where we were supposed to be uh, sort of last spring. Uh, and so, yeah, it's exciting times for both the board and, um, and, and the program. I love it. Crystal City. It's where DC goes to have a good time. That's what I heard. <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> what's what's new? What's new and next at the NOP? I mean, what's new and exciting? Anything that you want to? Yeah, I think for me, the most exciting uh, piece is that we are in the process of kicking off all of our uh, nine human capital projects. So each team has developed their project plan um, and is really starting to share the good work they're doing and building partnerships with other organizations. And I've had so many groups say, this is work we've wanted to do and have needed to do for years to actually have the funding to do it is changing the game. And so that part is inspiring. This is where we are building building the, the inspectors of the next generation. And right. so to 
talk about projects where we're developing the kid who's going to be on the board in 20 years, um, it is a, a very exciting and inspirational uh, process to listen to these project teams talk about what they're doing. So look forward in the next month to you know rolling out deliverables as that uh, work is is complete and seeing the kind of the fruits of those labors. I love it. I mean, look, it's about the process, right? And I think you're absolutely right. We're, you guys are taking steps to protect tomorrow. And it's taking a lot of work today. And I, and I don't, you know, and I don't want to, you know, kind of be a dead horse, but it's like, I don't think people actually understand. It's like, well, where are the inspectors going to come from? How is this going to work in 20 years? And that's a really valid conversation. You know, so and I luckily, that. luckily, there are a lot of good people out there who are giving a lot of good thought to that is how do you build the pipeline, develop the pipeline, maintain the pipeline of the people who will, um, again, protect that organic apple that you and I will eat when we are in the old folks home. Yeah, but doing karaoke, mark my words. Doing karaoke, yes. <laughs> I love it. <clears throat> Jenny, you've been, as always, fantastic. Is there anything else you want to drop in here? I miss anything. I think we covered we covered a pretty good wrap up, which I think is good. I think people are going to be like, oh, crap, I should have participated. Duh. Well, there's another chance in the spring. And so Todd, I love talking to you. It was fun it's being with you today. Thank you. It's absolutely my pleasure. And thank you for taking the time to hang out with us and, and to, to kind of come full circle on this. And again, you know, we can't make changes if we don't get involved. And it's so important. And this is such a, you know, we're talking about our, you know, everything that I think is important to everybody, your food, the planet, climate next generation of jobs, the next generation of farms, all of this is a part of this process that you guys do every single day. And, you know, I say it every time I'm with you, thank you. Thank you for getting up this morning and making a difference. Thank you for keeping your team motivated. Hopefully, you know, your team is by the time we get done with our run is 600 people inside your office. I know we're all going to fit, but <laughs> I hope we get a staff that's that big because we're doing 600 billion in sales, you know, and we are making this such a huge, huge impact. So thank you very much for hanging out. Um, Everybody get a part of the process, you know, just, just, just get on the website, read a little bit, spend five minutes of your lunch hour, just reading and go, oh, wow, I didn't know that. And then read something else and get more informed because we need your help and we need your support all the way through this process. Well put, Todd. I try. I try to end on a positive. So thank you again, Jenny. Come back. I mean, you know, you, you now somebody's going to try to dethrone you. You got to come in for four now. <laughs> The bar's been raised. You got to keep raising the bar for us. I look forward to it, Todd. It's always good to talk to you. You too. Thanks everybody for hanging out on Todd Bits. We'll see you soon. Remember, go inspire somebody today. It's not hard to do and it's very, very important. We appreciate you. Take care.